The Culture Guy Podcast. This is the second episode of June 2016. And this time, this time we go to Southeast Asia via Germany. Everybody, the Culture Guy podcast. Dramatic sounds every time. People are, were asking me, what is this kind of music? This is so dramatic. Well, I kind of like it. Actually, the song is called Inside Out by a band called American Gypsy. And I hope you like it as much as I do. All right, folks, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for checking in with us. This is the second episode of the Culture Guy podcast in the month of June for 2016. Today I have a guest with me from Germany. And he'll talk a little bit about his experience in Southeast Asia. But before we go into that, let me alert you to the fact that we have a webinar coming up soon. And if you want to be part of this, if you want to reserve your seat on the webinar, please make sure that your name is on our list. And you can do that easily by going to our website, theculturemastery.com. And you'll see a red button there It says get started. That'll take you to the mask where you enter your name and email. That's all I need. I don't need your phone number. I don't need your physical address or your position in the company. Just need a name and an email so we can get you signed up for the webinar so we can make sure that you get the information in time and you're the first to learn about when the date is, when the time is, what the content will be, all right? And also, I would like to alert you to the blog section on the website while you're there. Um, we've got a few new articles up there that we think will add value to your day and provide some learning for you. And I also have a few guest bloggers up there now. So check it out. Um, there's some really good content from friends in the field. And, well... You might learn from people other than me. <laughs> that would be right, good, right? So, um, talking about guest blogging, I also had the pleasure or the honor to write a guest blog for the CETAR website, CETAR USA. They've got a fully revamped website at CETARUSA.org, I believe. Check it out. Google it, CETAR, and I'll, I'll post a link in the show notes. And you'll find it on the blog, culturemastery.com forward slash blog. So enough about blogging, 
make sure you get your name and your email on our list to uh, get the info on the webinar. And here today with me talking about crossing cultures for business is Mr. Andreas Kambach. Um, that's how we say his name in German. <laughs> you will hear that not everybody pronounces it that way. And today we have with us from Germany, Mr. Andreas Kambach, and I'm pronouncing his name in German. I'm sure that Mr. Kambach has heard his name said in many different ways. So welcome, Andreas. Thanks for taking time to be on this podcast. Yeah, Christian, I thank you. It's very pleased to be part of uh, this podcast. Yeah. So how do people call you in other countries? How do they say your last name? Oh, this is this is really a funny story because there are many many ways in uh, pronouncing this name. So most of the people they say Cambach, Cambach, Cambach. Mm -hmm. But I think to to make it very simple, of course, most of the people I was dealing with uh, they just called me Andreas, Andreas, Andy, uh, something like that. So uh, and Cambach, of course. Sometimes they were even a little bit um, confused whether. Cambridge is my first name, or Andreas is my first name, but um, I just told them you choose whatever is more convenient for you. <laughs> and, and I know that you spent lots of time in the Asia-Pacific region, so um, where, the, where the name nomenclature is a little different, where last names come first oftentimes, especially in Chinese culture. You lived in Singapore for, for several years, um, and I'm assuming that your your Chinese counterparts gave you a long nose name or a, a Chinese name, right? Yes, and uh, I have actually I have a Chinese name. These are three letters, three Chinese letters, and of course it is um, um, it is from my last name, and uh, it's pronounced um, uh, Kanandel. And uh, this has just uh, different meanings of, you know, wealth and happiness and something like this. But people did actually not call me like that. They, they just called me Andres, Andy, because anyway, the people I have been dealing with, they, they also have uh, English nicknames and they want me and they want us to call, to call them by their nicknames. Yeah. Nice. Like, so, Andreas, how did you... How did you manage to get from a small town in the German Black Forest to Southeast Asia? What happened? Uh, actually, it's, it's a long story, but I want, yes, of course, to, to cut it short. Uh, it was my wish from very, very long time ago. We, my wife and myself, we did our honeymoon, or we spent our honeymoon in Southeast Asia. We were in Singapore, in Indonesia, and other places like this, and this was really a long time ago. And we said, if there is a moment uh, in our life we have the chance to uh, get over here and to work from here, we will definitely grab that chance. And, and guess what happened? Uh, it exactly happens like that. So, uh, yeah, in 2009, after, um, yes, working for a company and doing all these kind of export business and traveling there for many, many times and very frequently, um, then I was able finally to settle over and to build up a whole distribution structure for the company I work for. Mm -hmm. And so I made my dream come true, yes. Nice. So I know you worked for a, a 
tool manufacturer, right, or a tool distribution company, and you were you were you were establishing a whole distribution structure for the company in Asia, and you did that from from scratch. There was nothing established before you got there, correct? Um, this is correct. However, uh, uh, it's always like this that there is a structure before and this was just by you know uh, dealing with importers just sending products over from Germany um, so the typical import export business but at a very low scale um, and then it was the mission basically for five years or ten years uh, plan to significantly increase the sales and after having been there for many many times uh, it was very clear for me if you want to have a strategy like this you have to be there and uh, so it, it was an automatism uh, that I shifted myself over there, built up a distribution um, hub and um, uh, subsidiaries in some of the countries in Asia and uh, developed the business exactly in a way I want the business to be. So there are, of course, two components to this, and I want to touch both of them. So first, there's the professional transition where you, as the sales and distribution representative from a German owner-managed company, has to be successful in a completely new business environment with a different business cultures. And then, of course, you have the personal aspect of transferring a family. So let's let's talk about profession first. Um, dealing with... Asian business cultures and coming from a very uh, well insular German uh, business culture how did you experience that how, how did you uh, experience the differences in the German way of doing business compared to the countries that you dealt with in Asia I think this really could be a classical story you know I remember uh, at this time I was still managing this kind of business in Germany and I was looking for example in Thailand for distributors and I went for the very classical way. I'm not sure whether people in America are doing something like this as well. Um, you know, I, I traveled there, I visit fairs, uh, trade shows, and I contacted the chambers of commerce, uh, whether it's international chambers or the German chambers. And, and they did a distributor search for me. And, and I qualified these kind of people who were interested actually in talking to me. And then I remember there was one guy, and I said, "Wow, this could be this could be the one um, you can work together with." And you know, I qualified him, and he was very enthusiastic, and was almost telling me, "Well, tomorrow I will already, you know, prepare a contract and uh, place the first order." And I was very surprised because. I said, wow, is it so easy? <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, so I went back home. I was sitting in the airplane and said, wow, this is, you know, a very good uh, business trip and I um, have found a partner and something like that. And then he promised me actually to come back to me within the next days. And guess what? Of course, nothing happened. You know, I waited one week, two weeks, and then I tried to catch this guy on the phone. Uh, and it was very friendly, uh, by the way, anyway, they are very friendly, they smile at you, they invite you for dinner and lunch and everything like that, and uh, uh, nothing happened. Then after one, two months and having some very nice talks on the phone, I went there again, and once again, everything was very nice, and he gave me the feeling that he's just prior to 
um, to send me um, an, an order, but nothing happened also. So I think this is a very classical way that people, you know, got enthusiastic and say, wow, look, I, I talk to nice people and they want to deal with me. But at the end, nothing happened. And uh, then in a typical German way, I want to find out why. I, I wanted to know what is the reason. And yes. then I, I, I even flew there again with my, my, my boss. And uh, we asked him directly, I said, look, now we just want to know what is the reason, what can we do, and you know. And then he was telling me and said, look, I have still some stock of uh, um, the former competitor we, we are dealing with. So first I want to get use out of this stock and then I can buy your products. And then we straight, and then we straight away, we said, look, this is no problem. We just buy out this stock and then we can start immediately. And you know, and then I was feeling um, okay. He was he was smiling, of course, but he was not a um, you know joining us for this idea. So the end of the story was this. Uh, guess what? I was not getting um, I was not getting this deal. I was not getting um, the cooperation with this company, and I was not yet understanding why. When I was shifting myself to Singapore, um, the situation then, of course, was still in my mind, but then I got a feeling of what was the reason for. And by having stuff later on, even in Thailand, um, they also explained me in a way that I said, wow, okay, now I understand. And it is about like this. I had no relationship with this guy, you know. I was coming there and my intention was actually to have business, to close this deal and to get it done as soon as possible. Um, so don't waste your time in being there for two, three days, you know, and uh, spending time with them. So uh, just having in mind you want this business. And the people in Thailand, uh, if they do business with you, they want to they want to get to know you as a person. They want first really to have, have the relationship um, and they want that all um, business members you know and it's not it's not only one guy basically it's a family which is behind yes. the family which is deciding about business uh, decisions and uh, I have not even the chance actually to do that even though I got signals you know oh yes you come and I invite you to come to my house and something like this but at that time, I was not really seeing those signals, and um, I'm pretty sure that this was the reason, you know. So, so what do you, what would you recommend to uh, first-time business travelers or first-time expatriates in in a more community uh, collectivist culture like you find in Asia? What do you recommend as first steps when you when you come in with your Western business practices? What are the signs people need to be aware of? You have to show you have to show one hundred percent interest in the persons, not just in the business, in the persons. Um, so you have to open your heart. This is really what they say. Also, they say, look, I want that people actually that I can that I can see that people open the heart and that you speak with your heart and not just by because you have a a short term business in mind. So that means also you have to be there and you have to be there quite frequently and you have to. You have to be aware of that maybe the first four or five times you will not do any business, you know, but once the relationship is established, you know, then you have definitely the chance um, that they let that they let you in in this network and uh, then it can smoothly start. The very best is 
the very best is if you have own stuff there. Because for Thailand, I can really say Thai people, they prefer to buy from Thai people. So you have to be you have to have a, a local representation you have to hire local people that are established in the business networks and, and 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 ideally you have to produce parts of it in in the country correct So if if you have own people it's not always easy because basically if you hire own people that also means you have to have an establishment over there So own people is one thing or if you have really someone and you build him up um, relationship-wise by going there for many, many times, you know, that you use this kind of partner also in penetrating into other businesses. You know, once you have someone you can trust and someone um, trusts you, then this local can do a lot for you and can open doors in Thailand for you. Uh, if you want to open all doors by your own as a foreigner, I would say it's impossible. And th this is something that for Westerners can be really hard, especially if you come from Central Europe like you and I. Uh, the same is true for many people in, in North America um, where we, we've learned and we, we are culturally prepared to segment or to separate between this is a business transa transaction and this is a personal relationship we can separate the two fairly quickly and and we can uh, we can draw a line in the sand mentally and and this is for 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 westerner this can be really hard to um uh, to accept that uh, you have to open your heart and to, to establish a, a personal relationship in order to do business. Because on the flip side, many, many Europeans will view this way of doing business as, well, uh, it's business and pleasure is intertwined. What do personal things have to do with my business transaction? Is this kosher? Does this fit into our corporate governance uh, standards? So there's, it's not, it's not just the transaction it's also if, if we're dealing with a bigger corporation and their corporate governance standards is this even allowed by our own uh, basically constitution that we have for our company so this this can go very deep right yes uh, def definitely um, the, the basic thing is whatever you do of course you have to be authentic you have to be yourself yes because thank you. I think I think the people they do even recognize more, you know, if um, if you uh, you know do something what is not really you. So if you want to press yourself into uh, um, another culture or whatever, I think this is not working. Yes. Uh, it will take some time. It will take some time by also fail, of course. Yeah. You, yeah. I think everybody is uh, will have some some experience where you have to say at the end oh okay but I've learned a lot out of this and if I can share this with other people and just making them aware of uh, when dealing with uh, other cultures yeah, yeah. this is when yeah. I'm fine yeah we, we always we make fun of this in our trainings we say there's no failure yes you may feel like you failed but the only thing or the real thing that happened is you got feedback you got feedback what did not work so now you can use the so-called failure to uh, learn from it and to teach others how to avoid these situations in the future. So you, we, we talked before before we had you on this program, and, and I remember you telling me about a story or an incident you had in Thailand. There was a group meeting. I think that was one of the the big uh, feedback moments for you, right? You, would you like to share that story? 
Yeah, exactly. Basically, this was um, not in Thailand. This was in Singapore, as um, I was hosting this meeting in Singapore, where our regional headquarter was based. And it, yes, it was like this. Every year, we had an annual meeting where all the distributors from across uh, Asia Pacific were coming to Singapore, and we have meetings, product trainings, everything like that. And you know, uh, we are a company, or we were a company. I work for. Um, producing basically most of our products in Germany, but some of the products uh, are produced overseas, um, basically in Asia. And the interesting thing is that especially people in Asia, they want to buy products which are made in Germany. They don't want to buy uh, German products uh, made in China or whatsoever, at least for our products. Um, and there was a trend in the German company saying, look, oh, maybe cost-wise or whatsoever, we shift few of the products, maybe even, even more products to the China or Vietnam production plan. Um, and my distributors were always very concerned about this because for them it's uh, not as easy to sell as made in Germany products or made in US products would be the same, I'm very sure. So every time when I went there and I had very good relationships to all to our distributors, they told me, look, Andreas, this is really oh, something I'm afraid of. I'm really concerned of whether, whether this is working and whether we can continue to do business like this and so ever. And then I said, wow, look, everybody is talking to me like this. That is great. I will make, out of, uh, I will make use out of that when I have all the Germans here in Singapore at this meeting. Yes. And I, and I, you know, I said, look, we have a workshop, and this workshop is called um, uh, Country of Origin, you know, made in Germany, made in Asia, something like that. And I said, well, this is very good because then the Germans, they can listen to everybody, you know. Every, everybody will complain maybe or something like this. But guess what? Nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody was just nodding. Everybody was just, uh, when they were asked, look, is this a problem? And the German, they were pushing all of them very hard um, in a way of, look, the product is the same and it is, uh, everything is fine. It's just the origin, which is different. So everybody was nodding, you know, and then the Germans went back home and they got the feeling of, oh, everything is okay. There is no problem at all. Mm -hmm. And now you said it before, and I should have known uh, also before, uh, basically, the cultures of all these Asian countries, they are, um, um, you know, collectivism um, cultures. Yes. So, nobody wanted to lose face in front of the others in saying, oh, look, this is an issue, this is a problem whatsoever. Mm -hmm. uh, so, everybody was keeping, you know, quiet and nodding and smiling in the way, you know, and the Germans, they got it totally wrong. Mm -hmm. And I also got it wrong. And then after this, after this workshop, of course, I I realized, oh my God, I I did a big mistake. I should yes. have known that this kind of thing will be not working. Okay. So they, they they established a relationship with you and told you what their concerns were, and they were hoping that you would transform or that uh, you would relay that information to your German counterparts, so they don't have to say it. Yes, exactly. And uh, of course, this, this was my job and I did that and then I said, oh, maybe I can even stress this even more, you know, if I have this kind of workshop, yeah. because also when you live for many years in a different culture, 
then uh, of course you 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 are just a guy who is overseas, you know. And this guy overseas will will tell you a lot of stories what uh, the countries and the distributors in Asia need, you know. And you you are just someone who is very far away. So I said, look, if you get this kind of uh, thing out of um, many um, many people and many people at the same time will be talking about this, you know, then it could create a different awareness. But I was totally wrong because nobody was um, uh, saying anything, you know. Yeah. After, after that meeting, after that meeting, they came all to me one-to-one, face-to-face and said, ah, yes, um, uh, Andrews, you know, um, it, it's a problem. Yeah, and of course, I was asking them, "What? Why did you? Why did you not mention anything?" And uh, they 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 just smiled at me and uh, didn't say anything. So, h- so, how did you fix the problem? How 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 did you avoid that mistake? And how how did you tell your German uh, co-workers what to learn from that experience? Of course, I told them. Uh, but the thing is, you know, when 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 something like this is happening, and you tell someone, "Look, it was totally different." then uh, people may not believe you because they don't want to believe you. Because I think if I would be a German and would be part of this kind of meeting, um, I would feel the same and say, look, uh, everything is okay. Um, Of course, I was continuing in um, um, telling the people very hard that of course it is a problem. And I tried to find um, uh, answers for this and proof for that. Why is it like this? And um, finally, actually, of course, we fixed the problem, but um, it uh, it took me definitely much, much more time to convince people. And and today, uh, you, you're doing this kind of work uh, for for uh, businesses from Europe who try to be successful in Asia, right? You're you're now consulting with um, well European uh, organizations who are were expanding into Asia, correct? This is this is correct, and basically, I do that in you know telling many many stories, uh, telling stories about what happened to me, telling stories about uh, what went wrong, mm-hmm. um, and actually, people are listening very carefully for uh, to me because very often when you when you talk to consultants, they will just tell you, look, uh, this is Asia, these are the facts, these are the figures, and you should do this, and you must not do this, <laughs> and these are the typical these are the typical ways of uh, of uh, consulting when it comes to um, um, you know market approach into Asia, uh, but I do it differently. I'm talking about my history. I'm talking about all the stories, and um, yes, I'm I'm trying to um, to help them in how to say overcoming these. These typical German thoughts, you know. But I also tell them, look, the thing is, even if you got it in your mind, um, you have to experience it by your own, definitely. Yeah, you, you can tell you, you can tell a lot of do's and don'ts stories. Um, it's it's the personal experience, and I've, I've heard a quote and I've read it over and over, and I, I may not uh, repeat it correctly, but I think there's this this Chinese 
saying that you you cannot show you cannot explain the ocean to a frog who has never been outside of his pond so if 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 the german frog is still in the german pond you can talk all about asia until the cows come home they have to experience it themselves to to really understand how the do's and don'ts apply to them correct uh, de definitely it, it, it is this and it is also something you know when you assign people for example to going to asia it's of a very high value that after some time these people come back and and get how to say this this culture bridging um back to the headquarters yes. you have more yes. and more people also in the headquarters who at least spend some time over there and i think if you have something like this then you are really acting um in a global perspective yes and i, I will uh, for all our listeners we'll we'll have the links in the show notes so you'll be able to find andreas online on all the social media platforms so it's easy with you to connect with him if you have follow-up questions before i let you go andreas i want to touch upon uh, one thing real quick you took your entire family and and i know your your daughter and your son were in in their teenage years when you relocated to singapore how how was it as a father as a working dad under all the pressure of being successful there how was it to to be a dad with with kids who may have had different ideas about their childhood than going to Singapore with you? Okay, at the end I can say it was a great experience for all of us and if you ask now each of us um, they would respond in the same way. However, when we went there uh, things were different. Um, both of my children actually they, they didn't want to go that step because uh, you you know when when you when you're going to school here in Germany and then suddenly you have to leave all your friends and you have to find new friends in a totally different culture uh, kids uh, they are concerned of course mm -hmm. um, but okay just to to to, to get it short um, things worked out pretty well for us and it was good that we were there as a family and when you are there as a family also the Asian counterpart they look at you and say wow uh, you're coming here with a family you take on responsibility um, it is um, it's it's definitely a double plus you know oh so because they take you more serious you're not just somebody that is flying in from overseas and and, and being a smart Alec you are there because you put your money where your mouth is, you bring the entire family, and that matters to your Asian counterparts. Great. That that is correct. So I got several feedbacks uh, from my stuff from people, and they told me, "Oh, say, look, Andrews, this is very great that you, as a family man, came over, took your whole family with you, and uh, yeah, this this was very good. And when we came back, of course, the the kids they they benefited a lot of that, you know. When I think of my daughter now, she speaks Chinese uh, and she will go to China now uh, in a couple of months and study there for one year. Nice. So, uh, yes, these are the, the world citizens of tomorrow. This is what I always say like that. <laughs> well, and, 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 and my congratulations and my, my, my applause to you that you, you took that on as a family because if, if we allow our children to have these experiences in their youth as opposed to us who 
most of us are dealing with foreign cultures in our adult lives, we're breaking down these barriers, and you, you've already established two new bridges with your with your children. So this is uh, congratulations to you for doing that, because this is what will make intercultural understanding so much easier in the future if we have our children and our youth being primed for this and and being willing to to make fools of themselves, make the mistakes, and learn from them and pass on the experience. Great. Yeah. Well, Andreas, thank you so much for taking time. All of you uh, that are listening, check out the show notes. We have all the information you need to have about Andreas in the show notes. You can find him on LinkedIn, on Xing, which is the German version of LinkedIn. There's some slide share information and his, his, his website on his business. So lots and lots of information about Mr. Kambach, Kambach, Andrew, Andy, um, whatever your name may be. Thank you so much for taking time and, um, well, uh, all the best back to Germany. Yeah, thanks a lot, Christian. It was a pleasure for me. Thanks. That man has some insight, doesn't he? Andreas Kambach from Germany with years and years of experience of living and working in the APAC Southeast Asia region. To get in touch with him, just check out the show notes. I linked um, to his business um, website. There's his email, his phone number. It's easy to get in touch with him. So this was the second episode of June 2016, the Culture Guy podcast. Make sure to leave your name and email on our website at theculturemastery.com so we can get you all the information on the upcoming webinar. And also check out the CETAR USA website. Um, I wrote a guest blog for them on the power of masterminding to develop global leaders. Um, that's just in, in preparation for the CETAR annual conference in November. So make sure you check that out and probably register for the conference. That's it for today. Make sure to tune in again next month. We'll have two more episodes coming up in July. Stay in touch with us. Email us. Post on Facebook. Post on LinkedIn. Use Twitter. Send us emails. Direct messages. Give us some feedback. Who do you want to hear on the program? What type of topics would you like us to discuss with these guests? Are you the guest that wants to be on this program? Let me know. Don't be shy. I look forward to having you on here. Until next time, thank you for listening. The Culture Guy is out for now. Oh, 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 oh,